how could the way we're being with the team support them and how they're with their clients and themselves, with themselves and their clients? And one way was not to be dogmatic about what we're doing, but to be committed to it. In other words, it isn't important how it looks, but that we actually have the discussions that are necessary and be willing to like be willing to invite doubt and differing opinions to the table, making nobody wrong, just exploring what they see and then communicating what we see together and see what comes out of it. Twenty twenty three is already setting up to be an interesting one. At the turn of this year, how are you absolutely sure that your team is committed to the results that your company needs? Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and in this podcast, we explore it all. There's no conversation too risky. This week, Dan and I sit down to chat about how to plan for the next year with your team. We do this by debriefing our own year-end team meeting that we just had. There are some very solid principles in this conversation to help you get connected to your team and their commitments for 2023. So let's dive in. Hey, Dan, brother. How are you, man? I'm well, thanks. Great being here. Good to be with you. We're missing, I'm going to call it right here in the beginning, we're missing Adrian. He's out with his son, uh, touring a college, got a got an offer to play football out in Ohio. So they're out checking it out. So we're going to miss him, but man, we're excited about what's going on for them. Yeah, really. I can't wait to see him play. I, I hope he takes the offer. And if he does, I'm going to fly out there to watch him. He's a, he's a blast to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, uh, we're just coming off of our two-day summit as a team. Man, what an incredible experience it was. So we took an entire day as a team, and we talked about this last year. And we lined out everything that worked, and what didn't work, and what's wanted and needed. So we talked about the clients that really added to the vision that we're creating. We talked about the clients that we missed in ways um, yes, we miss our clients in ways. And so we, and we talk about it very clearly to make sure we can get the feedback from that. Um, and then we took an entire day to, to set vision, talk about our commitments and, uh, you know, uh, our, our potential for 2023, what it is that we're going after. And it was an incredibly connecting and grounding experience for me. What talk a little bit what, about what that experience was for you. Oh, <clears throat> I, I really, to me, I look forward to those meetings to really get connected to what, you know, what's worked up until this time, what hasn't worked, and then what we can learn from that. I found that I, I thought we spent a lot of good time in there and really got into, you know, the 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 depths of what, what else we could be, how else we could be with our clients. And I really feel like that's where we connect because we get a hold of, get to connect to, understand and explore each of our areas of <clears throat> of improvement where we can improve and the thinking behind it which really I think makes a big difference you know get the get the thinking right and things start to shift and it was it's always great to work with a group of people who are as curious about themselves as they are about other people and that that was empowering to me I learned I learned a ton about it 
the people at the table and also about what's wanted and needed for me to support both what I said I would do and other people at the table. So I, I really enjoyed it. And it, it became evident to me that we've, we've, the more you keep the slate clean between each other during the process of the year, the better these meetings go. And I know we have a weekly planning meeting and we talk in between, but what I've really noticed is that the willingness to deal with things that come up, differences, upsets, concerns, in the shortest amount of time, from the time the it, it occurs to the time it gets resolved, uh, it was evident that we've been keeping the house clean because the meeting was so connected and and it moved so well. And then inviting someone in to just sit in and uh, a potential, you know, consultant who we, you know, we feel like she could possibly contribute. She really, I found her to be very valuable and, and really made a contribution as well. And so it was, it was great. I, the whole meeting was wonderful for us. Our yeah. Meeting. I think for me, one thing that I came away from that meeting with thinking about was, uh, or that time together, I don't even call it, I don't even call them I don't, they don't even feel like meetings to me. They just feel like being with the people that I love to be with doing the work that I love to do, which is really cool. Um, but one thing that really stuck out to me was, you know, not only did we get some good things on paper, some good ideas, some good, um, some good commitments and, um, and, and local or, 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 uh, uh, you know, find out where people were. The other thing that really came out of that for me was just how connected we left that meeting, you know, and, and that's just, that's, I don't think that's all that common of an experience for teams to come together in that manner and just leave feeling like you're that much more connected to each other. So I want to, this is actually what I wanted to talk about this week uh, as we're going into the new year. And I know a lot of leaders, I know a lot of founders are thinking about, you know, one setting goals. And I want to, we're going to talk a little bit about setting goals and maybe some helpful language to, to create more of an impact with your team and with yourself as you work into the new year. Um, so they're thinking about setting goals. They're thinking about connecting to their people. Who do they want on their team for the new year? Who's going to make it? Who's not going to make it? You know, how do we stay more connected? How do we stay more committed to this thing that we say that we're about, that we're putting out into the world? And I know there's a, a there's also some uncertainty going into this year as well, and and nobody you know I don't want to ignore that um, factor as we talk about this conversation. So Dan, I just wanted to invite you into a conversation this week about this idea of preparing for the next year and how to set ourselves up in a way that we're uh, there's a good chance we will be able to create what we say we want. Yeah, I mean that's a that's one to unpack. I think one of the key for me a key attitude going into a meeting is is the willingness to challenge oneself uh, to commit to something that you're not sure you can. You know, it's like it goes beyond what you are sure you can do, which then makes visible what you you know, like the invisible becomes visible at that point. If I'm aiming at something like a revenue number or a number of people we want to influence or a certain, you know, quality of client uh, and and what we want to have happen with them, 
if we can quantify that in a way that, especially if it if it's more than we think we can do, that's I think that's crucial. It's got to really put you on edge. Well, what happens is we start to get clear about and start to recognize the conversations that get in our way or, or will get in our way if we don't pay attention to them. And I think a lot of our meeting was really helpful for me to get a hold of that for myself, but also to watch others get a hold of it for themselves. Because, you know, we could embrace the doubt that came up and that opened up a lot of conversations that weren't, wouldn't normally be evident. Right on. Yeah. I, what's evidence of that for me is that I came away from the meeting feeling vulnerable. <laughs> I was in, in, you know, Caitlin and I on our team were, were talking, we were all taking a lift back to the airport after the meeting and, and her and I were talking about that in the lift. It's just like, wow, what, what is this? I feel a little raw and vulnerable um, because I set some aims and I set some commitments that are going to stretch me. And actually I don't, know how I'm going to meet them yet. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take from me. I don't know who I'm going to need to meet and create a relationship. I don't know any of that really. I mean, have an idea based on history, have an idea based on who's in the pipeline. When I talk about like, you know, biz dev revenue contribution, my contribution to the, to the revenue. When I talk about my contribution with the podcast and the YouTube channel, but I just, I, I think that was an indication for me that, that some good work was done because I felt vulnerable going away from it. Like, ah, I just kind of exposed myself to, and I'm committed to it, but I, I'm, I'm, there's no not being seen now. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. You see, I, I'm pretty familiar with, not that I'm comfortable with it, but I'm familiar with that state of mind. And I felt that pretty early in the meeting. And what's interesting is after the meeting, all of a sudden, it's almost like the space got cleared out because multiple, I, I think since the meeting, I've closed three or four clients that I didn't have on the, the radar, really. It just, it's almost as if it's a, it's a, just a mystical kind of thing. Like, wow, all of a sudden business is showing up. But I think that has to do with the willingness to face into, this is what I'm committed to. And I don't know how I'm going to get it. However, I'm confident that I can get it. I'm confident that I'll be engaged. I'm committed to be engaged with the world in a way that will generate that kind of possibility and that it'll show up. And then my job is to recognize it showing up, which <clears throat> like the things that look like a threat, I like to pay most attention to because that's usually a new possibility. Like, like, you know, there's certain things that come up where, I don't want to talk about them. And I think, well, I'm going to talk about that. And inevitably that discipline tends to open up the next possibility. And I think we saw that in the last offsite we did as well. And I think that's why they're so empowered. You know, afterwards, there's a couple of clients that came out of that. They are empowered because they did that with themselves and they started to realize there was more possibility than they thought was there more resource amongst each other than they thought once they cleared up some of the conversations they initially didn't want to have. Yeah, that's right. right on. The only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about The Change Imperative, an ebook written by our very own Dan Takini. 
Let me ask you, how do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Growth, change, and transition, these intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative eBook. The Change Imperative is instructions for innovating with your team. Go ahead and click in the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Change Imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to take it to the next level. So in the light of this kind of like reflecting on our team meeting, your end team meeting, it you know, the first day we talked, like I mentioned, the first day we talked about what worked and what didn't work throughout the year, that was a really connected, really, I mean, hopeful, um, just a, I really loved that conversation. And you and Adrian did such a great job at setting, I mean, everybody did it, everybody contributed, but you, you guys did such a great job at setting up that conversation in a way where people could come to the table and talk about what didn't work in a, in an impactful way in like a, in like a, a non shame based, I guess I would say way can, what are some of the intentionalities that you both exercised in that conversation to make sure that we could get the best thinking on the table around what didn't work? We, we actually about four weeks, three weeks before the meeting, uh, we got online and started developing the, the, the agenda and just kind of bantered back and forth about what we thought needed to be on there. And in that discussion, we started talking about, well, okay, these are the things we want to cover. What do we want to generate with the team as we cover them? Right. One of the things that we both talked about is developing the new, you know, like we had some new consultants there. You're not really new. You're, you've been around for a while, but, you know, you're fully on now. And so how could we be with, how could the way we're being with the team support them and how they're with their clients and themselves, with themselves and their clients? And one way was not to be dogmatic about what we're doing, but to be committed to it. And so the willing, in other words, it isn't important how it looks, but that we actually have the discussions that are necessary and be willing to penetrate the, the, like be willing to invite doubt and, and differing opinions to the table, making nobody wrong, just exploring what they see and then communicating what we see together and see what comes out of it. And so no, no point of view was off limits. It was like, look, what, what do you think worked? What do you think didn't work? Let's put it all out here. We want to hear it all. And why? Because we're actually aiming at something that's bigger than just us looking good, feeling good, or being right or in control. And and when you have something that that's bigger, you might go off on a tangent or you might get into some, you know, there's some bantering going back and forth or arguing, et cetera. But people are listening because we're not arguing for the sake of trying to make the other person wrong or arguing for the sake of having the best outcome we can possibly have, which includes the result. And then who do we want to be in the process with each other? 
And we, and we could be that in the moment. So, you know, to nutshell it, we wanted to be the way we would want you to be with us and with our clients in, in, a, in, in any process where we're looking to discover and plan and resource what we see is what matter, what we see matters to us and, and, and also feels like it's out of our reach. Mm. Right. Yeah. I love that. I mean, both of you have said multiple times, you know, our, our partners and our consultants are our first client, uh, meaning me and, and the other partners that are in the firm. And, um, and that's interesting that you take it even to this realm too, right. Of like when we're learning about what's working and what didn't work, the mistakes that we've made, the mistakes that you guys have made, it's, it's an, it's a, I really felt a, an atmosphere of wanting to learn from those things, things. It wasn't blame, shame or credit. It, it was, Hey, here's what happened. Here are the facts here, you know, and here's why we think it didn't work. What did we learn from it? What yeah. would we do differently? Yeah. You know, and I've made a lot of mistakes in the years past and it's easy to lie. And not mm-hmm. even know you're lying. It's easy. Yeah. Like if I'm trying to be somebody for you that I think I ought to be and therefore have to cut out other conversations, that's the beginning of the lie. I've done that before. So I really wanted, I was really conscious about saying what I thought, like being willing to say things that may not go over well, but they're true for me and test them and then listen to what's generated. But but to make sure, at the very least, I'm not lying. And and it's very, you know, it's, to me, that is not, an, you know, I've, I've found it's easy to lie to myself. I mean, right down to, geez, I don't want to say that to Chad because Chad does our podcast and he does, we have so much we're dependent on. I could upset him and then he won't really produce the way I need him to. Right. And I, I kept checking that with each person in my own mind, checking that in my mind with each person like okay yeah because it comes up and i've heard a lot of my clients say you know i got to be careful what i say to them uh so that they continue to produce and i agree yeah you want to be wise but you don't want to (laughs) lie by withholding omitting you know yeah well and and the my what i felt and and I just think I just keep going back to Army because I think it's a debriefing that is a great way to kind of explain and bring out some of these principles for in you know and th- my experience in that conversation was I didn't need to lie I didn't need to try to hide anything I didn't need to try to make anything look better than it was because I I absolutely felt both from your leadership and everybody's el- everybody else's commitment and participation in that conversation that I could talk about whatever it was and we were there to like be with each other in a meaningful way and and you know it, it, there wasn't there was a I felt a lack of judgment and and an in, and a desire to figure it out together that's that's and so there wasn't any reason there wasn't anything in my brain saying oh don't go there that's too dangerous yeah 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 that comes up for me a lot i mean it does it comes it comes up for me i don't know if it's dangerous but um i'm i notice i have a fairly machiavellian mind and that i'm okay if i say this what's it going to get me on the other end of it and that's that's when I start lying, when I start omitting things because I don't think they're going to contribute to the goal. When in fact, 
if they bring up some conflict, that's actually good news. I don't, and I may not even know how it's good news, but by exploring it in light of what we want to do, I discover it. And and that's what I, I've learned through the years but to surrender to, because I just noticed that that's a very prominent voice in my head when we're planning. There truly was no conversation too difficult to have at that table. Well, that was true. Yeah. <laughs> we, we practiced that one, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Are there any, before we move on to uh, projecting for the future, are, are there anything, any other guiding principles that you, and I, I love that you talked about how much you planned and the perspective that you took, Hey, these guys are our first clients. So we want to relate to them in that way. Um, and, you know, are, are there any other guiding principles that you were both conscious of to create that kind of, um, to create that kind of connection in that meeting? Well, we wanted, I wanted to make sure people's expectations were set for the meeting. And I thought Adrian did a great job of that in the front end. We, we talked about that going into like, this is what we want to accomplish in this meeting. And here's an overview of what we're headed towards. And here's the, and, and what we want to do is invite you into the attitude. We want you to know, like you said, you're our first customer. You're the customer for us. Cause if we, serve you we know they're going to serve others so please bring what you need you may not get everything you want but we're going to do our best to decide what it is that's most important for you to have and that we can afford and you know resourcefully and then look at how we can get the rest i think just being and then and anything's no conversations too difficult and i think that was that that really was what our process was and 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 it pays off. I, I always feel like there's just so much intelligence in the room. If we can get everybody talking, then we're going to get the best decisions. And I mean, everybody talking authentically, like not like don't like be conscious of setting up expectations of how people ought to be, you know, and if somebody doesn't want to talk great, you know, what we're going to get, <clears throat> what that's going to get us is a true read on where the individuals on the team are. And that's what I was into. So it was, it was exciting to see the enthusiasm and passion for what we're up to, you know, by the whole team. It was exciting. Yeah. One thing that I'll touch on too, was you talked about Adrian setting it up, um, is that the one thing that I experienced was that the agenda, uh, the, the actual meeting agenda was, was not too aggressive, Right, so we could actually be together in in this. Um, right on, yeah. There wasn't too much. It was we didn't want to do too much, but we wanted to get certain key things done that we knew we could build on, and and by trying to get too much in, and we didn't we didn't get dogmatic about the about it either about the about the agenda. In fact, if you know if it bounced around, that was okay, just as long as we got the key points in, we got the key distinctions in we understood the key projects that we were able to learn from the past first and then set up where we're headed from there you know and then make sure that the the commitments we're making the the key objectives and results were mapping back to what's most important to us as an organization and i felt like that really got done yeah i agree so let's let's talk a little bit about setting um, commitments for the next year. And I, we use that language very particularly. We don't use 
a lot of goal language in both in our work with our clients or with our team. And from I'll just say from my perspective, the reason being is that goals have kind of taken on this um, persona of as as a nice idea. There there seems to be a lack of accountability in them. It's like, hey, if we hit it, this would be really really great. And if we don't, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's interesting because the definition of the word is what you're aiming at or the result, which the culture is kind of, I don't, it's softer in the culture than it is in the dictionary. I think I, I can, I concur with you that in my experience, people look at goals like a nice idea, like that'd be great. Just like you said, they, but if you use the word commitment and there is a distinction between the end result and the commit, the commitment is the spirit in which we're going to stand or act or be with, you know, the, like what the, my favorite definition of commitment is Shearson Lehman's, which says commitment is what transforms a promise into reality. It's the words that speak boldly of your intentions and the actions that speak louder than your words. Commitment is the stuff characters made of the power to change the face of things. It is the daily triumph over it's, it's the daily triumph of integrity over skepticism and and that integrity meaning wholeness like you bring your whole self to the to to the process and that that and then that kind of commitment you do whatever it takes you know to get it done and and so that's that's the attitude in which we we hold it obviously and we take that from the training the the trainings that we do and and the work that we do with entrepreneurs and our coaching so you know we had a bunch of trainers and coaches and consultants sitting there in a common understanding of what we mean. And I think that made a big difference because people, yeah. people knew when they make a commitment, well, that's going to call parts of you out. It's going to call aspects of you out of you that you have yet to be acquainted with. And I, what do you I, mean? Say more about that. What do you mean? Well, when I make a commitment, like, you know, look, get married. Did you have any idea what marriage was going to take from you? No clue. No, Absolutely no clue. No, clue. no one. You, you, and that's true for any commitment, you know? So I, I got married. I had no idea. There were aspects of me that I never believed were possible that got called out of me if I wanted to really connect with Eileen. If I was going to live the commitment I made with Eileen, there were aspects of me that I was skeptical about, that I had cynicism about, that I didn't trust myself around, that I got to explore and discover that I had no idea were there. You know, I was, I didn't think I would ever be as open and vulnerable and transparent with my wife as I, this marriage has called me into. When we first got married, I was very well guarded, living a double life, thinking that I had to do that because if she really knew me, she wouldn't want to be with me. Right. right? And I think that's true about any commitment. You think about a team member, <clears throat> when you make a commitment, that calls you beyond what you've already accomplished into the territory that's unknown, then it, it, it's going to make you feel vulnerable. You're going to be destabilized a bit and it's going to call out of you what you have yet to be acquainted with in yourself. And you're going to find out if you are willing to pay the price to bring forth what you say matters to you. And, and that goes beyond gesture. Like it's not a gesture. The gestures. Oh, I went through the motions so I could tell you I did something. Now, this is like, 
after I go through the motions or after I take the action, if it doesn't happen, I'm going again. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I think about this when I play ball. I remember I hit this guy. I was playing at the, at the university and I hit this middle linebacker. He's a all American and he shook my cage. I'll never forget. He didn't budge. <laughs> and I dropped, I actually dropped my knee. Brick wall. I, I, yeah, I thought I was putting a big hit on him. And he just knocked me down. And and I went back and I remember thinking to myself, wow, do I have it? Do I have it in me to do this? And the guy next to me, the other running back said, let's call that play again. This time, Takini, do this, this, and this, and don't even think about it. Just like be willing to get you, be willing to get knocked out. And I remember I, I did, I just decided, he goes, don't hesitate. Because we all know what that means when we play ball. So I just gave myself completely to it. And I, I, I did a good job, blocked him really well. And I got up and I remember the confidence, but man, when I was sitting in my stance, ready to go block this linebacker again, I had to like, just focus myself on what I was up to. I couldn't look, I couldn't indulge the doubt. It was there, but I couldn't indulge it. I had to like turn it into energy. And I, you know, and there was a part of me, I, I went to a new level of, of giving myself in that, and I've felt like that in so many different contexts. You know, when when you have somebody you love working for, or somebody's willing to call you up to your best, you you find aspects of yourself you didn't know were there. You just you aren't acquainted with them. And then when you get acquainted with them, the confidence goes up. The confidence isn't that you know. I had a friend of mine say, you know, your confidence bothers your 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 certainty bothers me. And I said, well. You, you're. I think you're confusing certainty with confidence. I'm not certain it's going to turn out, but I'm confident that I can. That eventually I'll get there, and I'm going to do what it takes to find out what it, to get there. You know. Yeah, that's it. Like I have the confidence that I'm going. I'm going to stick in it until I figure it out. I'm not going to give up. I'm going yeah. to. I'm going to give my and and that's how we do in the training room. You know, if you and and with our clients, we just keep going after it, and we we invite them to do the same thing. Because that's what they hired us for. They hired us to be their their faithful advocate, not their friend. And and sometimes your commitment is not your friend. Right. So I have a client I call them up and or when they call up, they call in, I go, Hello, this is your commitment calling. You know. <laughs> that's who we are. And and to be that, you gotta be willing to risk their approval. Not that you know, not that I don't want to be liked. You gotta be willing to risk um the possibility that they may not want to work with you anymore at times. There's, I mean, or that you may not want to work with them anymore if they're not willing to get up to what they said they're committed to. After all, that's what you're loyal to. Right. Right. So. Makes sense. Um, I, I think for me, one thing that's been impactful with me on the way that we have these conversations as a team and the way that we did a couple of days ago um, is I, when I personally am, there's a difference for me personally, when I say, my goal is this and I'm committed to this. There's, I don't know what it, I don't quite understand the difference, but it makes a huge difference for me. I am, I I don't, and and you can tell like, this is revealing how I relate to goals, I guess, but like, I don't feel as put at stake or I don't feel as at stake when I talk about the goals that I have, when I, uh, but I really feel at stake when I say I am committed to, 
Well, you you know, you, but they're very different words lex in the lexicon, right? I mean, goal is a projection of something you want. Commitment is who you are, what you send with your actions, right? Like we talk about this often. We make an agreement, and if I say, "Hey, I'll meet you Tuesday at the at the restaurant to have this business meeting," I'll be there if I feel like it. Would would you take that request? Most people won't because of what's sent with the invitation. And what's sent with the invitation is that conditionality that if I accept it and you don't show up, well, that was part of the condition. So is it worth organizing my life around that kind of intention? And and so, you know, that and that's what I, I know for us. So there's a distinction between what you're aiming at and how you're going to presence yourself, you know, how you're declaring you're going to presence yourself from that moment forward. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, my invitation to teams that are, to leaders that are listening is to try this out. Try out this language on your team. See if it, it especially if, if you're finding that you're setting goals and you're not meeting them or people are setting personal goals as the, uh, the you know, in their certain areas of the business that they own um, or, or of the team that they own and they're, they're continually missing them try introducing this this language of, around what I'm committed to rather than what my goals are and see if it makes a difference for people see if they're will you know if it puts them more at stake meaning they're willing more willing to <laughs> do whatever it takes because their name is on it yeah you know one of the things we had talked about was uh, Adrian and I when we first started planning the meeting was we really want we're really looking for people to talk about what it is they want to get done and what they think is it's going to take. And we want them to be able to communicate what it is and then make it a promise, not just a goal, right? So when you say promise, it's literally, I, I am asking you, you're, you're saying, I'm going to organize my life such that this happens. And, and then what kind of commitment are you sending with the promise? The minute you start asking people to make promises, you're going to find out what conditionality pre-exists in their mind. And you'll be able to hear it in their language because all of a sudden people start to hedge how they're going to get it done and want to know what happens if I don't get it done. Yeah. Right. And and that, that's got I, I remember working with a friend of mine. His name is Eddie Jacobs. He was one of my first coaches. We worked together years ago in the training industry, and we both had training offices in different cities. He was in New York. I was in San Francisco. And we would talk, and he would invite me out. He used to – my specialty was leadership. So I'd come out and do leadership weekends with his teams. And they were – they'd make a commitment to produce something. And I would really focus on how they were relating to what they were about to do and like what, how they were committed to it. Then afterwards, we go out to dinner and Eddie would be really nervous. He goes, are you anxious? I said, not at all. And he said, why? I said, well, one, if anxiousness helped produce the result, I'd be anxious with you. But I feel, I, I what I focus on is giving myself completely, vetting the conversations in the moment when we establish them so that the aim is as, as true as we can about where we're headed and what it's going to take from people before we go. 
before we let them go. Then once we let them go, I figure it's all learning from then. And when they come back and we do the checkpoints, <clears throat> we see what was accurate, what wasn't based on results. And that'll flush up the next level of conversation. And we'll engage that. And if we're loyal to that, if we stay loyal to people and their process, and we, we show up and we explore and learn from each step along the way, the goal or the the goal or the commitment or promise in this case will come about. And the rate of motion in which we do that determines how quickly it's going to show up. So you want the failures to happen quickly. You The failures actually reveal the next level of conversation. So if you, you say you're going to do something and you only do 70% of it, I know 30% of it is some set of stories that make you write about the 70%. Now, I th at least I think that. And then I, in the inquiry, if you tell me, like if I ask you well, what worked and what didn't work, you tell me, great. But if you start telling me why 70% is all you could get, I know we're not going to get any further. That's what a lot of people think accounting is. Well, this is why it didn't happen, right? No, no, that's not why it didn't happen. It's like... Like, you know, why it didn't happen isn't as important as what it's going to take to have it happen. So let's learn what's wanted and needed there. Let's 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 look and see. Let's indulge to understand, you know, indulge the conversation to discover what's wanted and needed. So you can begin to presence that right now in this moment. And it might be just the humility to acknowledge that, you know what, this isn't working. I said I was going to produce this. I got. I said I'd produce X, and I'm at Y. No judgment. Just I'm at Y. Now, what made me write about Y? Let's we begin. Let's hear it. Like that. That's fine. Now, what, what are we learning here? And what's wanted and needed to to hit X from here on? Yeah, you makes know? sense. My my personal experience of it is like uh, I'm paying. I'm going to pay much closer attention to something that I say I promise or that I commit to, um, then maybe I am something that I'm going to say my goal is. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would too. I, I have to concur with that. That's why I don't like the language goal. I just never have like, yeah. Goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the goal sounds like a, a fun start to a fun, dreamy conversation. I used to say, I don't play hockey right now. We're not playing hockey. <laughs> We're not playing soccer. We're, so, you know, so when, when at the end of the meeting, and this is where we can kind of close up this conversation, but the, at the end of the planning meeting for us, the, the year, year end planning meeting for us, we each gave our projections for the year, what we were going to personally contribute to the team. And I took that as a promise, um, you know, very, very seriously. And it, it, it made me really consider what I was promising. Um, and, and I haven't, I've really been in deep thought about it since then, not in worry, not in concern, but just thinking, okay, what is this going to take of in me? In the foreground, you put it in front of your mind. If you do that, your, right. mind, your mind's going to entrain it. You know, and one of the things I thought about that I, Adrian and I prepared for was let's understand everybody's personal agenda because everybody has one. Let's understand what it is and see and make sure that what we're doing is going to serve that because it does no good to have a company goal where the individuals on the team do not map 
their personal agendas back to it. If they can't see how it's better to accomplish that goal for them personally than it is just to go after their personal goals, then you're going to have some mischief. You know, so you can set the goal and say, or the, the commitment for the company at this level, but you better see that participating and having that happen is going to benefit them and their personal agenda that it's got to line up. And that was one of the things Adrian and I talked about in the pre-planning was that's why we spent some time on with the new consultants to let us know what, why they were there. What, what did they want to develop as TNG? What would be the added value for them? Remember that? And, and so once we know that and we can see, and they can relate that to what we're ultimately talking about. Now we've got a different, we've got a different group of people. Yeah, it's great. Well, this is great conversation. I loved our meeting. Um, I loved the 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 future that was cast from that meeting, uh, and and I'm just I'm came away from it so excited to support each and every one of us on our team in what we said we're committed to, and uh, and we got some exciting things even with the podcast. We've got some really exciting things coming up where we're gonna you know the the rest of the team is gonna be. We have such brilliance on our team, and um, and I'm been I've been com- coming up with some ideas of how we can share that brilliance on the podcast. I so loved your ideas. I thought they were really innovative. I can't wait to see. Yeah, it's going to be so great. So that's a that's a fun little teaser. Thanks, man. I really appreciate this. Yeah, thank you, Chad. All right, bye bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.